0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Paddock Pass podcast. I am Jensen Beeler, but I am not your host this week. Instead, we go to Finland, where the FIA and the FIM held a joint conference for women in motorsport, where our friend and colleague, Tammy Garali, was in attendance and had a roundtable discussion with a number of important women in motorsport. We think you'll find their insights and their conversation to be incredibly insightful. So without further ado, let's get right to the show.
1: Okay. So we're doing a paddock pass podcast. My name is Tame Gowali. I'm a MotoGP commentator for the last decade. I'm a motorsport journalist and I'm joined by Vanessa Guerra, who is uh, the very talented, hardworking presenter of the Red Bull MotoGP inside pass and former Eurosport uh, Pit Lane reporter and Repsol Honda press officer. And of course, the first team, uh, female team manager in world class. Uh, level for the Moto2 Team Holiday Gym G22 in the season 2010 and she just finished hosting two very, very busy, inspiring days of the conference. How are you, Vanessa?
2: Hi, Tammy. It's been really, truly an honor to be here for this historical moment and I have to say I have been inspired. I look up to all the women that have been here for many, many reasons, not only the riders, and I think a lot of change can come from this conference.
1: We are going to try to talk a little bit about the women's position in motorsports. We are going to try to talk about what can be done, what's a little bit more difficult, and we are we're going to have a few guests. We're going to have, uh, of course, uh, Maria Herrera later on joining us. We're going to have in just a few minutes, uh, Nita Kohorinen, uh, who is the head of the FIM Women's Commission and a lot more titles. We'll talk about her in a few minutes. And we're going to have the American professional uh, racer, Shilina Moreda, and she will be joining us also later on. And of course, we're going to go over a lot of the things that we've seen and heard in the last. Uh, two days uh, and it was extremely impressive we even
2: let's not forget we even have the, the FIM president George Vegas join us for the opening of the conference which was really great to have to see his support and you know it was it was really an honor to also meet him for the very first time personally
1: yeah he, he was very uh, he is very supportive of women in the sport he's very uh, he, he sounds a little bit like a feminist actually in some senses well a little bit uh, very open uh, he doesn't believe for example in quota in the FIM. He thinks that it it has to do with talent, so he doesn't put any limit. But at the same time, he wants to see more women. And we actually have a very interesting quote from him. Uh, Let's hear what he had to say about actually having a commission for women in the sport in the FIM. Good evening, George. So... What actually is the purpose to have a first female conference,
3: female in motorsports conference? We are the first ones. Come on, we are the best. We need to promote women in sports, and this is, uh, I think, uh, Nita Karanen's uh, dream from a lot of years. And now we had the, the chance and the, the way to organize it, and I think it's it's going very very well. And,
1: but but why, why do we need to uh, put it as separate, why do we need to have it a part, uh, as a separate part from the normal coverage
3: of the sports, the normal conferences about motorsports? Listen, in the world, we have more women than men, more or less half-half. In motorcycling, we have more or less 10% women, in some sports even less, so we want to promote women. And so we need the tools to promote women. And the people can ask, well, how come that's uh, such a macho sport? They are concerned. We need we, it, it. It's not fair. I don't see why we should not promote women. So we are doing everything we can. We, are, we don't have so m- many resources, but we are doing the best we can with what we have. And uh, as I said today in the conference, I will be happy today that we don't need the women commission anymore. This means they did their job. But if you look back just five, ten years, it's amazing how things changed. How many women we have now practicing motorcycling as, as a leisure and as a sport. And this is why I'm happy.
1: You're, you're the new, in, new in your position. Was that part of the agenda when you decided to go for this position?
3: Ah, but I'm, I'm rooting for this for many years even. Yeah. I was in the board of FIM and I was always pushing. Uh, there are two things that the FIM was more or less pioneer. was this kind of uh, promoting women through a commission uh, since 2006 that we have this commission. And also the sustainability, the environmental part. So this, we are more or less pioneers in what concerns international uh, federations.
1: Um, uh, but when we're talking about the sport, we see now that the car is going somewhere, which is a little bit more problematic this season. Uh, and it's a place that women are not so welcomed. In.
3: This is a different question. Very, this is this very. Is tricky. very... I, I tell you, I told the promoter. I would not be happy before they decided to go to yeah. go to these countries, precisely because sports should promote gender equal, uh, same same gender uh, conditions, and uh, there's also other other kinds of political problems yeah. in uh, in the country that they chosen. I hope, my my wish, is that the fact that the Dakar goes to Saudi Arabia and hopefully to other countries, this will help. Um, changing a bit uh, their, their culture and their. Uh, of course we can always say they, they say our culture is wrong, we as western people we think their culture is wrong or, or is not so open but I think uh, women should not be definitely discriminated and I hope Dakar will help a lot that they view the women as equal uh, you know that recently they allowed, which this is this, this for me, it's very difficult to understand. Um, they allowed women to drive, which yeah. I think <laughs> why not? Uh, and and now we are going with women racing in Dakar. So again, maybe this is a good opportunity. And um, um, we are not going to have the Dakar in the World Championship in the first edition. But we are trying to include in the second edition because of Dakar, we have the promise that we'll go to more countries in the region. So, namely in Abu Dhabi and maybe also in Bahrain. So, maybe we'll have a a regional race which is better for the sport.
1: There was a lot of discussion today about uh, maybe to open a championship solely to women how serious is that no, no, in the FAM now?
3: We, look, we have championship or class for women in, in trial in Enduro in motocross. And yeah. this is running very well. We have more and more women, better competition, very, very good, talented uh, riders uh, taking part in these championships. In road racing, we have not started with this, this because we think that women, as we had the testimony today, can be as fast as men. We have at least two Spanish riders. One was world champion uh, in 300cc last, last year. So maybe they can compete equally with men and we don't need to make a, um, a special class. What we need to do is to give the conditions for any women or men to make motorcycling sport if they are talented. Even if they don't have the financial resources, we have to create conditions for them to practice the sport they like, they love, and they, they, and also in, in a professional way, if, if that's the case. So this is one of the our main objectives.
1: So, what kind of tools do you think uh, little girls or young women are lacking? It's, to it's be... look, we
3: are, we are opening academies all over the world. Yeah, and, and and this is the and they can start at six years, seven years, eight years, and and all you, you look. The, the, the big riders in MotoGP, they've started very, very young. Uh, and that's the way, that's the way, it's through the academies. We are going to, hopefully, to start with the FIM Foundation, our International Motorcycling Foundation. Uh, I hope this will be approved in the Congress this year, and all the academies will be funded by this foundation, and this is a, a way to improve the situation.
1: This, this foundation will support what?
3: Academies, academies for young, for young riders.
1: Will you have a quota for girls in it, or?
3: I don't think. Again, I'm personally, I'm not very favorable to quotas because I think women they have to show themselves. They are good. They don't need quotas because, as I said today, I think uh, women they are some generally more intelligent than men. <laughs> and they don't need that. I think if you have the conditions, if you don't have obstacles, if your mindset changes, which is changing, not to say, yeah, women, okay, we can have one or two, but no, that's not the case. If they have talent, if they work, they should be in like a man, like a boy. And uh, this is what I believe, but maybe sometimes we have to, to go and to oblige, <laughs> to oblige men to be, to be more, uh, more equal. I don't know. Okay.
1: Um, where do you see women, uh, the, ch- the change in women's uh, position in the sport in like five years?
3: No, but they are look back, just look back. And, and in this moment, not only in the sport, but in all activity, women are finally, finally uh, going in, in equal like men. Not in all countries, not in all regions, but this will come, for sure, for sure. I, I have no doubt. You are too strong to, to stay as you were before. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Now, Anita has joined us, and he actually said that he really hopes that you won't have a job soon.
4: So what do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. We have the same mission. Our, my target now is to destroy our commission. Hopefully one day we don't need special commission for women anymore, but it would be natural that we have enough women in motorcycling world. And like he has been highlighting and we as well, it's not about having men or women. We just need talented people, no matter what's the gender. So in the end, it's just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense to have women's commission just for nothing. I mean, we just need good people, talented people and thanks to those I have now several other titles as well at the FIM so if I will destroy the commission I still have a work at the FIM
1: <laughs> Yeah he gave you a few more titles you're now the uh, apart from being the head of the FIM women commission you are the uh, FIM event director since February and liaison liaison director it's really been a few long days uh and so you do have a lot on your plate but but I understand that the, the, the presence of women in the sport is something, somebody just told me, you're the driving force behind everything going on there.
2: Behind this event.
4: Uh, can you explain to us where the idea came from to, to, to have this conference? Well, uh, our commission was established in 2006 and FIA followed us 3 years later with their own women's commission and quite soon after that we started to discuss with the uh, commission president of FIA Michel Mouton that we should create something together and we thought that a special conference for women in motorsports would be great but we both have been super busy I mean and it's not easy to organize this kind of event over here we had almost 40 speakers 25 different countries present Uh, people from every continent so it's massive, massive thing what we had over here so it took years and finally in uh, Valencia MotoGP last year we had uh, people from Finland there because now Finland will host the first ever MotoGP here next year in Gumiring. so we had people over there and we started to discuss that it would be cool to brand this area as a motorsports um, uh, city or area like Lahti, Vierumäki and so on so this is how we came up with the idea, and they said that they would be happy to do cooperation with us, and here we are.
2: What do you expect? What do you expect? It will come out after this conference has taken place.
4: What people have been really highlighting to me is that the networking. I mean, we created so amazing contacts over here. We put people together. I mean, like Shelly, is all the time. After every session, she's asking me, okay, Nita, what's next? What's next? What are we going to do? How we can make this even bigger? Because now we really started something big. We made history, but I think this is only the beginning. So what what is the next step? The next step is for sure to spread the message. We are now, we need to write reports, we need to put everything together all the information because we didn't have people only from motorsports over here we had people from Olympic committee from universities and so on from different spots. so we can do benchmarking, we can learn from each other and we just have to now, the next step is really to gather everything together make reports, make highlight videos spread the message and then people are already asking if we are going to do this conference again. And do you think you will do another conference like that? Don't ask me now when I'm just ready to go to bed I'm so tired after this event but for sure I mean we are never saying no we, we want these kind of events we want to put people together where they have opportunity to share ideas and discuss yeah. so absolutely no, I'm not going to do it next week but why not in in next year or in two years time yeah. What actually uh, bothers you in the position
1: of how women are in the sport? What triggered the reason that you actually wanted to have a commission like this?
4: Well, like I said, I wouldn't like to have this kind of commission, and that's our mission is to destroy it. But it's it's quite sad that we still need commissions like this. For me, it's for sure difficult when I'm coming from Finland, which is really equal country, with we have had female presidents and so on. But we in FIM, we have 111 countries. So we need to respect the cultural differences, the religion and so on. So it's not easy for every, in every country, the woman's situation is different. So, I mean, we have to take sometimes quite small steps and it can be frustrating. But if if somebody is, uh, if we need people to do things and we have really powerful women around here who are ready to, I mean, I don't want that we are fighting and we are really like being feminist group. This is not the thing we want to do. We just want that people are able to follow their dreams and motorsport world is open and welcoming for all the people, not just men, but women as well. You also decided to
1: have this conference, a mixed conference, FIM and FIA, and this is not usual to have these two groups together uh, why was that important for you
4: yeah for me it's it's important that we are sharing ideas we are working we have same problems like we heard from people from FIA what kind of um, obstacles they have faced like Tatiana Calderon and Lena Gate it was really interesting to hear that they actually have really similar problems that our than our riders in motorcycling world so why we shouldn't do cooperation we are two big governing bodies of motor so it's really natural that we join the forces and it's a shame that we haven't done this before so this was indeed first time that FIM and FIA did something concretely together. The female presence is, a large, is larger than we think
2: the only thing is that everyone is so focused in their everyday uh, life in, in their workplace that we don't actually get to network or to create this female community to support one another to network and that's why this event has been really great. Because it gave us the chance to network, to communicate and to exchange and to realize that we have the same problems, whether it's a MotoGP uh, paddock or an F1 paddock, we have the same problems.
1: How do you see, actually, Vanessa, how do you see the problems? What kind of problems do you see on daily basis that you really hope this commission, this conference will actually help solve?
2: problems? No, I would love to see more girls involved. Honestly, I would like to see more female riders. That would be amazing. But that that's a, a social problem. We need to change. We need to educate society in order to uh, to change that. Because that comes from parents uh, allowing their, their, their young girls to, to try carts and to try uh, pocket bikes in order to be able to get a, a love for the sport and develop their talent if they do have the talent. Um, on the other hand, I would really love to see more females in managerial positions. And, you know, not only in the PR side of things, because you will see a lot of females coordinating teams taking care of the marketing side of uh, things, um, even catering. But you don't see as many females involved in, in, you know, managing a team, which is a shame. Yeah, uh, many
1: women here raised the issue that there's not enough women in the top positions in the motorsports. Were you surprised by the problems, by the issues, the women who were here,
4: some of them really in high positions raised? No, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, this is, this is really interesting world and, uh, but in the end, I mean, what's surprise for many of the women is that how men are really actually Welcoming them. They, they really like, they have nothing against having most of them. For sure, I can't speak for all of them, but most of the men are really happy to have women in the leadership positions in different kind of roles in motorcycling or motorsports. So in the end, it's up to women themselves to realize that, hey, come on, I can, I can do something else than being secretary. For sure, we need secretaries and crit girls and, and so on in, in different kind of roles in, in our events. But there are so many other things to do as well. And it's a shame that women themselves don't think that they are enough. They really like, over here we saw that if you just work hard, you believe in yourself, you are, you are following your passion. That's all it takes. Like, if you want to do something and are willing to work really, really hard, for sure you can accomplish whatever. Actually, what she,
2: what she just said is keep believing in yourself, believing that you, can, you, you have the capability to be able to be in those top managerial positions. Women need to start believing that they can do it and they, they are legitimate in that position.
4: Yeah, and I think this starts from the family. I mean, my parents were always like, there are no reasons why you shouldn't do something what you want to do. So it's the parents should educate their kids that they really have to follow or they should follow their dreams. And then everything is possible. It's in the end, it's up to them. We
1: We did her here during this conference also a bit of talking about the W series in uh, four wheels. There was a short discussion about if it might happen also in two wheels. Uh, the response from Mr. Vieja uh, wasn't so clear if he really wants that or not. It felt to me that uh, the FIM is more tending to stay in a mixed uh, championship just to find a way to support, to bring more girls in. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
4: All our disciplines and all our series are open for women as well. So we are not going to close this door. All the women who want, they can compete with the guys. And this is uh, what we are going to do in the future as well. For sure, we have disciplines like enduro, motocross, cross country, co- cross country and so on, where the physical power is required more so then for sure we need to have own series for women which we have like we have world championship series for women in trials in um, motocross and world cups in enduro and snowcross for example so this is really important that uh, we have this series uh, what comes to circuit racing it's it's different there like we have seen we have Ana Carrasco and Maria Herrera who was also here they are small size and in the end small size is good over there I did my master's thesis for FIM where I investigated um, the factors what helps that you become a world champion I interviewed uh, almost 60 world champions and found out what are the factors that make some people champions and over there as well I could, I, it was easy to see the differences between different disciplines so for sure we need women's uh, own series at the moment we are discussing should we have this for circuit racing because it might be stepping stone for the other series like superbike or moto and like Anna Carrasco has already shown it's for sure it's possible to win with the guys as well so are, are we our
1: limitations are we as women do we stop ourselves why, why do you think we, over- we need thinkers. that
2: we are overthinkers we tend to think too much instead of just go ahead and go for it like men do and we should be a little bit more like that and a bit more daring just go for it even you're not if you're not 100% sure if you're at least you know 65-75% just go for it because that's what they do and it works
4: I totally agree. I mean, if people are asking if you can do this, don't think, just say yes, and then you find out later on how to do it. Because, I mean, if you start to think too much and you analyze, ah, if I can do this or not, you will never do anything. So it's about just, like Vanessa said, go for it and do it. We we had
1: here uh um the coach of uh, the hockey team, and he said that uh, being sensitive is usually considered to be a weakness. But then he said that actually... It's a strength. It's a strength for an athlete.
4: Could you actually understand what he meant by that? I actually had this factor in my thesis, so it was really funny as well because I didn't think about it beforehand, but then when I investigated this more and more, it was that, and I wasn't only, it was only a few female world champions that I interviewed, so over 50 of them were guys, and quite many of them said also that they have this sensitive character, and they mentioned it as a strength so, because you sometimes the guys are not. I mean, even if you said Vanessa that we are overthinking, but in in the racing or when you are really in the top level, sometimes it's good to also like use <laughs> use your brain and not just go flat out. But uh, yeah, it was really funny to see that sensitiveness is really one factor that helps you to become a champion.
2: Maybe, maybe overthinking makes you take into consideration more factors, and when you make that final decision, you're more efficient.
1: Okay, wait. Uh, Shalina is sitting next to us, being quiet for a while, but I saw her jumping when I started to talk about sensitivity. And uh, well, we, the American viewer uh, listeners they heard her about her before; she's quite known already racing, she's been in the Suzuka four hours, in a all women team by Moriaki. She's done a lot more. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself before you explain to us about sensitivity? <laughs>
0: Sure, I'm dying over here, jumping at the (laughs) microphone, wanting to say my piece. Um, I'm Shalina. I race all over the world. I'll race anything and everything that anybody will put under me. I love motorcycles, um, every discipline of motorcycles. Uh, I raced in China, Japan, Qatar, France, put on a girls' camp in Spain and Qatar, helped with the win in Qatar. Uh, I race in the United States in the Moto America series, as well as the AFM, and I run a girls' dirt bike camp called Called She's Moto. I think that's everything. Think <laughs> oh, and I'm and you're gonna ride in the AMA. In Moto America. What America? Yeah, it, this is what I'm in. Uh, so, and then also I'm Covergirl. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot about that bit. So on the topic of sensitivity, I'm getting all jumpy about it. Not just because of the sensitivity thing, but because of the question that you had asked before that, which is. Uh, you were talking ahead of that about, uh, women just being able to jump in and that we should jump in. And I would like to say that I think that if we forget the part that we are different than men, then we kind of take away a lot of the difficulties that some of us as female racers face. And I think that in the managerial positions and in a lot of the positions in racing, I think this is 100% true. We're, we're smart. The way that we think helps us operate efficiently, like you had pointed out. I do think that there's strengths that we have that guys don't and strengths that guys have that we don't. I've talked to a lot of the girl racers here this weekend, and we I'm sick, a little surprised that we all share the sentiment that we are at a disadvantage as far as our strength goes. And we're at a disadvantage as far as being taken seriously by sponsors, by mechanics, by other people in the paddock, and surprisingly enough, by women that are in power in motorcycle racing. And so I'd like to point out a couple of things is that it would be nice if we had the resources to be able to A, be taken more seriously, B, be able to have good equipment under us, good mechanics with us and believing in us and people who help to brighten the sunshine for everybody instead of being worried that Each one of us is stealing their own sunshine so those are just a couple of things that's why I'm jumping at this I do agree that sensitivity helps us because as he was pointing out in the in the presentation today that helps us become a team that helps us to bond with our mechanics as a racer it helps me to understand my teammates and team owner and things like that so that's why I was jumping Do you actually, Anita and uh, Shalina? Do do you
1: think there will be one day that we actually will not address the issue at all? That you are female. That the racers are females.
0: You know, I, I understand the desire to not want that to be an issue. But as a female racer, I love that I stand out. You know, I like that I'm different. I do have to work harder. You know, and and I don't. I think it's a disservice to wrap these girls who are fighting so hard to be at the top level against the guys I think it's a disservice to them to take it away from them how hard that they're working so I do hope that it still stands out at least a little bit I hope it's not such a wow factor later but but I like being I like being different still do you like the fact Nita do you do you, do you have an
1: issue with that women might be do you think we can be a part of the sport that is not noticeable anymore do you Think you think you want rare. it? Yeah, it's not rare. Actually, it's normal. We treat women uh, racers as one of the team, this one of the group, and not something that is extraordinary.
4: I think now what Kirsi Kainulainen and Anna Karasko, the only world champions, female world champions in an open class, what they have proved is amazing. Their example has really shown the world that it's possible that women can be as good as men or even better. So, I think their example is already making it more natural that women are part of the game and they should be here I don't think it's going to take that much longer that we are really taking big steps because already now within just few years so much has happened
1: do you think actually the sport is prepared for women from all kind of levels uh, safety gear equipment um, even we, we even talked about numbers of viewers it's still quite low we're lacking a lot lot of uh, things to make it really happening
4: in that for that gender the industry industry has uh, many things to do. I was competing in ATV supermoto, and just the gas thing. I mean, look at my thumb; it's half of the size as the guys', and so I will lose the strength of my thumb when I'm just pressing the gas over there. Same with snowmobiles. So we had to actually make kind of like tape a uh, stick over there that I was it was a, uh, I was able to use it better. So for sure, there are many small things that uh, men can't understand when they are creating vehicles or gears for the Customers and, like Tatiana Calderon said yesterday, she she was testing the Formula One uh, car and people were just saying that she is not pre pressing the pedal enough, but the brake pedal, but it was since her small uh, shoe size, she's size uh, 37, so she doesn't, the dimensions are totally different than with the guys who have 42, 43 shoe size, so just small modification uh, with the pedal or with the um, car, and she was able to do exactly the same, and what comes to the gears, yes, we are just Uh, trying to figure out some gear protections for the girls, for the trial riders, especially because we have breasts. I mean, I don't know why it's so difficult for the manufacturers to realize that that half of the population, we have something in front of us, so we can't use the same gear as the guys'. Well, I'm not sure if you're hearing that the girls are giggling here because, uh, well, that that's
1: how it goes. Leave it to Nita to tell us how, how it is. <laughs> I have sometimes a feeling that it's almost the same like in the medicine world that the medicine are developed... According to men, according to tests done on men, according to... And then the medicine is, is ready for taking care of uh,
4: sick human males. Yeah, do you know what? It's because it's men creating things for women. So they can't think what women need. It's mm-hmm. same for, like, I think Vanessa was pointing the same thing. We need women into these roles, like creating and developing gears and products for us. And that's actually something where we should really do something.
1: Have you tried to contact any of the big, we, we had here a few representatives from companies who produce actually gear, uh, Finnish companies, but did you try to contact maybe, there are a few big names that we're not going to mention now, but they, they are not here. Did you try to contact them to start a conversation about the issue?
4: Yeah, for sure. We are doing lots of cooperation with them and, and it was only, they really wanted to come some big companies from Southern Europe, but the problem is August. So it's summer <laughs> holiday times. So for sure they were kind of busy at this time of the year, but it's that, um, that has nothing to do with the fact that they, they don't want to support this kind of events or they don't want to make, uh, stuff and gears for women. So I think them, for sure the, the industry in understands that there is huge potential and huge market for
0: about female customers. I'll uh step into that conversation a bit too. Uh this is Shalina again. I uh I I don't think that most of the companies that make leathers or leather jackets or boots or gloves really take into consideration the female when they're making the the clothes and I think that females aren't as educated on what we need you know we haven't been taught we haven't worn good stuff so we don't know and so they they cut things to make them look cute and put pink on it yeah they they put pink on it (laughs) but they don't make it as functional for the females as they do for the guys and not enough females are speaking up about it because they don't know and so these companies will put girls in suits and when I I say girls, I mean girls and women. I, I call them, I call us all girls. Uh, they put us in suits that are, that, that look like they fit us, but then they send us out to ride and you can't move in these things. And so then the girl thinks, well, I can't, Ride a motorcycle, I'm not very good. No, it's not that you're not good. You, this, your stuff doesn't fit you. You know, you need a helmet that fits. You need gear that fits. When you crash, you don't want it to move around on you. They teach the guys this stuff, but us girls, we don't get taught that until we get custom suits and then we go wow and so I think that the companies really need to focus a little bit more on safety for female riders and that'll start enabling girls to feel safer on bikes actually
1: what else actually do you think is not produced well enough to suit women racers and women riders also street riders you want my list (laughs)
0: levers for starters my biggest issue is levers I can't just like Nita said with uh, being able to push the throttle on a on a quad she does that with her thumb for me when I'm pulling on the brakes with my right hand. Um, my my brake lever is in so close to my handlebars that the guys are always like, oh, isn't that too close? I'm like, no, I can't reach it if it's farther out. And my hand's not as big as yours, so I can't pull it in like you can. It's got to be modified for me. And my uh, rear sets, my foot pegs uh, by Evil Technologies, they had to adju- adjust them for me to be all the way up because otherwise I can't reach the pegs when I'm I'm going around the corner. My outside foot will come off the bike and hook on the tail section of the bike. So it's things like that that they won't won't really think about. And they'll always compare it to, well, you know, Danny Pedrosa is short. Mark Marquez isn't very tall. They can touch. Yeah, they're getting everything custom. You guys can't expect me to ride on stock things and touch and compare me to the guys that are, you know, at the world level. Riding on prototype bikes. Let's not forget they are riding on prototypes factory bikes and so and and for me thankfully i have companies behind me that'll help me adjust those things but some girls they don't and so those are some of the things that we need to take into consideration when we're talking to female female riders well one of the companies that actually is standing behind you is actually
1: cosmetic company which was when when i saw it last year you're one year uh, um a representative for um cover girl uh-huh. and um it, That was, uh, there's always that line between being a racer, being a woman, being feminine, being the, the, the badass woman on on the bike. How, how th- That's difficult line to walk on.
0: You're not allowed to be badass and beautiful at the same time? <laughs> See, I like that line. I like walking that line. I like that I can have an umbrella boy and that I can hop off of my motorcycle and run over and be his umbrella girl after. My friend Braden Ort and I switched umbrella boy and umbrella girl positions last weekend at Sonoma Raceway for Moto America. And I love being able to do that stuff, you know, and have a company like CoverGirl, who's a cosmetic brand, standing behind someone who's a who's a an athlete, a professional motorsports athlete, uh, is is incredible. I'm their first athlete that they've ever stood behind. And they're showing, they're stepping out and showing the world that it's okay to be tough and want to also look pretty and feel pretty. And it's it's okay that I want to wear makeup under my helmet and when the photographers come over that they know that it's a girl. And you can do both. You can live in both worlds. <laughs> I can put my makeup on and I can also go whoop it up, <laughs> whoop the boys on the track.
1: <laughs> how how do you see your part being, because of course you're the, the head of the commission of the women in the FIM, but you also have now very big titles in the FIM. As a woman, as being in such high position in the FIM uh, is it an advantage being a woman do you try to hide it, it it's always for me at least and I'm sure Vanessa will agree it, it sometimes it is battle
4: inside battle how much of a woman I am and what comes first Yeah, I'm not going to hide it. I'm a woman and I can't can't change it. So take it or leave it. I mean, it's, I don't think for me, I have never had in a situation that people are saying that you can't do this because you are a woman. Never, ever. And I don't know. Are they saying this behind my back perhaps? But it's really like amazing how less, how little feedback, negative feedback I have gained. It might be that people are not just saying it to me, but genuinely I feel good being in this role, being with uh, the other management guys. It's, well, they have seen how hard I work, how, how I want to improve things. And I think this is all that matters in the end. It's, it's not about the gender at all, at least I don't think so, and I really want to believe in this.
2: I just wanted to add one thing. I have to say that I have always felt very comfortable being working and only being surrounded by by males and being the only female in the team. And when I did manage a team, I, I do have to say that at the very beginning, they didn't see me as a legitimate leader because I was a female. I had to prove myself Twice, maybe even three times more than a man would have had in that position. And I, you know, I have to say that you have to assume that that's going to be the way it's going to be. And the thing is, I chose to come into this industry, so I have to accept it. And I know, I knew I would have to work really hard. And I did. And I am happy that I actually didn't stayed. And it's
4: been 11
2: glorious seasons.
4: I think uh, for women, there needs to be a reason why they are there. And people are questioning that. In my case, because my dad used to be a racer, it was natural that I was involved since the beginning. So there was a reason, like people were able to have a good reason why I'm there, why, why I am interested in. But if you just like come at the when you are like 15, 20 years old, and then you decide, hey, come on, I want to do this, then people are questioning why you want to do it. It Because it's not natural. You did, When I was born into this world, uh, into the motorsport uh, family, it's more natural for some reason
2: why why is the passion for
4: motorsport
0: question when it's a woman feeling that passion for the sport exactly. that is my question because it's just totally not standard, and I'm from—that's my background. My dad's a dairy farmer. My mom works on the dairy with my dad. We never had any racing background. I got into this sport because I loved it. I snuck home with a street bike. My parents hated me for it. I watched the guys on TV. That's what I wanted to do, you know. And and so I started in this path all on my own. And so everybody always asks me, "Did you get a had a boyfriend? The guy you started in this? Did your dad get you? no? I did it all What? No, I loaded up the motor cycle in the back of a truck one day, took it to the track and got my racing license. You know, then so I do think that they think that it's strange, and <laughs> it would be nice if if it could be our own credibility. You know, <laughs> but I but I I like what you said that you're not getting a lot. What you said, Nita, that you're not getting a lot of negative feedback because they see your hard work, they see your passion, and I feel like a lot of the guys in this industry, when they see that we're in it for the genuine right reasons, man, they're so supportive. They'll help you out. They'll teach you things if you need to know them. They give you so much respect and they really lift you up. It's it's a select few that are really actually even negative about it. I see a lot more of the positive from the guys in this sport than not.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the racing because you're racing in the United States and we know now that that's... Uh, road racing, especially in the United States, is a little bit slow. We are waiting for something to happen. Can you tell us a little bit what you do these days? What's the situation is like? Where you compete? Am I supposed to say
0: all positive here? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody in America listening knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, No, I think that the series is, is growing finally. I think that it takes a lot of work. I would love to see some better marketing from Moto America. Moto America took over for AMA a few years ago to try to make things better for the racers. Um, I'd love to see that fast forwarded a little bit. I think that we could take notes from NASCAR or from Supercross on how to highlight riders and show the characters that we've got in the sport and get people who are watching it more involved with the lives of the people that they're watching. And I think that if our sport did a little bit more of that, we'd have more big sponsors like outside companies like CoverGirl looking at us. You know, um, so I I would really love to see them stepping up as far as that goes, but the racing has been fantastic, so that's the good thing uh, that the classes are growing. Uh, they're doing a good job with the riders on the grid. We're all having a blast racing and dicing against each other. We've had some great battles the last few races. I just got finished with Laguna Seca and Sonoma Raceway, and uh, I'll be doing probably Barber next in Moto America. Uh, and then we're looking at the full season next year. I'm racing in the stock thousand class so that I can get used to the, the thousands because those are the those are the big bikes <laughs> and I want to go race super bike eventually. So that's our racing.
1: <laughs> why actually, uh, just a little bit off topic, why do you think we actually are a little bit lacking of American racers in the last few years? Do you, do you actually understand why we're lacking so many ones in, in the international level?
0: I think, I mean, I'll speak a little bit out of turn here, but I think that, I think that our series aren't providing a good enough platform to elevate the racers that are really working their tail off. I think that it's really difficult. I don't think it's just the United States thing because I've got friends that race all over the world. And I think that series aren't doing a, a good enough job about Elevating the sport enough so that sponsors can get behind riders and riders can continue to to ride at the level that, that they want to be riding at. We've got some amazingly talented riders in the United States and they don't receive the backing that they deserve. And so that's what needs to change. The
2: thing is the young talent nowadays is coming either from the Spanish national championship or the Italian national championship. And for American riders, young American talent to be able to get to the, you know, to a world championship, they need to actually make that move like Jack Miller did from Australia or Casey Stoner back in the day they need to make a huge move they need to move all the way to Europe very young so they need to know already at a very young age that that's what they want to do they want to pursue a racing career and it's a huge sacrifice for the families to me it always corrects me if I'm wrong uh, uh,
1: Shilena if, if I always thought that Americans they really need somebody American to succeed in order to follow it, it, they need really to see their own role model they will not look at a role model somewhere else so can you talk a little bit about the, the if that's actually my my gut feeling is true and also do you see yourself as a role model now are there more female racers coming up in the United States except from you
0: I mean, I think every country loves to have pride in their own country, and I think that's a really good thing across the world. I think it's a, that's a strong, powerful thing. But, I mean, I love Valentino Rossi. I love Mark Marquez. And so, we all, we have heroes at, you know, other levels. I wear a Leon Haslam helmet. Leon Haslam let me borrow his helmet one year in Qatar, and so he's a hero of mine from here to forever. Um, you know, so I, I don't think you necessarily, quote unquote, need an American uh, to be at the top levels. But we, of course, want to see that. And so we need to be putting our riders on a trajectory to be able to to get there. So of course, for that, does that answer that part of your question? And then as far as myself being a role model, God, I hope so. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's definitely not what I started off in this sport to do. That wasn't my aim. But if that's a, a side effect of this whole thing, then man, yeah, bring it on. Because I love inspiring people and then my thing is I like to inspire by doing so I'm putting myself out there doing all of my biggest baddest dreams and hopefully people see that guys and girls see that and it can help change their life for the better you know I I love seeing that and I think that I'm not only getting other female female riders involved in the sport but I see a lot more male riders out there because (laughs) I'll give you a prime example when they brought me over to China to race in China I got on the podium there on my Superbike done the on the EBR, and uh, the n- very next race over there, they had about ten more guy racers sign up because they saw a girl out there and they were like, "Well, if she can do it, I can do it." And so I think that having female riders actually drums up more guy riders as well. So Well, you just
2: said that
0: that male mentality: if she can do it, I can do it.
2: More women should say, "If they can do it." I can do it, and that's that's the way to go. And and you were talking about one of the main topics that we did uh, discuss at the conference was how how to attract you know a younger generation and and young females into the sport. And there's uh, a lot of initiatives from the federation and the FIA uh, to attract these these young women. Would you Nita? Would you like to to say something about those initiatives?
4: Yeah, it's really important for us to have a new plot from the grassroots level. We really need youngsters. We need new riders. I mean, it's not only as riders, but for volunteers as well. Volunteering is big, big issue for us. And when the when the current volunteers are getting older and older, we new, need new to replace them. So we need to work hard, and that's why we have the FIM Future Stars campaign, uh, which is um, the main target for that. The, uh, with that is uh, with the riders, but uh, it's imp- really important to uh, invest in the future because otherwise we don't exist anymore.
2: And, and volunteers? Volunteers? Sorry, volunteers yeah, um, volunteers are a big part of the sport. Without them, we cannot have the events and and we, we, we don 't i don 't think we talk enough about them and the important role that they play in in our sport
1: yeah yeah we we need volunteers, um, of course we do, but the the, the thing is that also we n- we also see in the volunteers that we can separate them between the male and female. We understand that we have about 30% only female volunteers, the rest are male volunteers. There's kind of an atmosphere also during uh, racing live events that are sometimes maybe a little bit less uh, appealing to women to arrive and that I understand also something that is being addressed by Dorna, by championship uh, companies Run championships.
4: Is it something you're, Nita? Is it something you're overlooking at? We are really working hard in order to attract more volunteers. And we like during this weekend over here, we were discussing how to reward them because for sure we can have somehow volunteers, but how to keep them? They need to have some motivation why to be there. And sometimes it's just like if you are able to like in MotoGP, for sure it's quite easy to get volunteers there because you, you are part of the game, the big events, you will see the heroes close by and so on. Sometimes already that is enough that you can be part of this sometimes with the smaller events we need to come up with ideas how to reward them it might be just if we would do more cooperation with the schools and we would um, provide these diplomas for the students that they have done some kind of uh, volunteering work for us for our events or for our federations just these kind of certificates might be the motivation why we could get them
1: and actually, if we if we go to that level to start bringing kids from schools, we see that a lot in Spain, actually, in the MotoGP races, that they bring uh, school trips. Many girls are coming, many younger women are coming to see the races, to be in the paddock, to see the happening and everything going on. But also when you mentioned volunteers, it, it, we had people here I was talking about how... Women and the, the fact that they are takers and the, the, fa- uh, the caretakers and the fact that they are caring more, their their reasoning for volunteering is a little bit more, let's say,
4: pure. Do you agree with that? Well, in, in general, women, perhaps the reason is because they, they are giving birth and they are having babies and so on. They don't have that much time as men when you just compare it in, in general. So this is the same for volunteering and having sports career. So we have some some. Basic factors that we can't change, but like we discussed during this weekend, there is flexible volunteering, and this is super important. It's we just have to find new methods how to attract volunteers and how to keep them, and how to have this kind of like flexible volunteering.
2: There was one interesting thing uh, that was said was that the reasons behind a, a male or female volunteer was that a man wanted to be associated to the sport and the female just wanted to
0: network, and that to me was very very interesting. Yeah, I was going to bounce off of that too. I don't want to say that the women do it for a more genuine reason. I think that they each have their genuine reasons. The guys want to do it because of the sport. The girls want to do it because it's cool. <laughs> and, and I would also just like to say how much I appreciate the volunteers because I've been that rider that crashes in the corkscrew and needs them to help me pick up my heavy electric motorcycle. <laughs> so I, uh, I, we couldn't do what we're doing without. The, the corner workers and all the volunteers.
1: Uh, so Anita, uh, just to to wrap up this part of the podcast, where do you see this going? Do you, and do you really think one day we won't have your commission?
4: Your position will be actually gone. I really, really hope so. I usually am good destroying in things, so I really hope that this I will succeed with this one as well. What do you take from this conference on? From this conference on, I will take, besides the cool friendships and cool networking we, we created during this weekend, I feel really inspired. I mean, it's always like I had goosebumps and almost tears in my eyes when I was listening to stories of our champions and our role models. It's incredible what stories we had and what people were sharing. And it's just like, it inspires me so much. And and because of that, I want to work even harder for the new generation, for the girls and women out there who want to follow their dreams, but perhaps are a little bit too shy to do that.
1: Do you think you'll be able to... Um, maybe take the next step uh, with um, helping out more with sponsorship, more with uh, that part of the sport, which it seems like is a very big issue for most of the female racers, even the biggest ones in the world are having issues with finding sponsors and ability to ride.
4: And not only women it's also the guys who are having this issue so for sure I mean some women have um, it's good for them for being women to uh, to get some sponsors engaged but yeah it, this is super difficult for everybody it's It's not cheap to uh, succeed in motorsports you need money you need financial resources and we need sponsors but we also need uh, the companies to understand what is the value of having like top female uh, motorsports athletes over there. And we really need their help. They should really realize that this is
0: huge potential for them as well. I mean, I think that you stick out like a sore thumb as far as being a female. And I feel like you're not always taken seriously by sponsors. And I think that that's a, a major issue. And, you know, you just mentioned that some of the top in the world, guys and girls, have trouble with the same thing. Uh, Maria Herrera. <laughs> Can I mention names? She's like one of the top females in the entire world. And, and for her not to be on the covers of magazines on Sports Illustrated and, you know, being put on commercials everywhere is just beyond me. I mean, you've got somebody like that that's so marketable. How do companies not latch onto that? What are we doing in this sport as a whole to not be taking someone like that and latching onto that character and really marketing the heck out of them? She's incredible, you know? And so that's something that as a whole in this sport, we have got to be doing better. And with
1: that note, we'll end that part. So thank you, Nita, for having us here. We're looking forward to seeing more of that and where this is going to take us. And we'll be taking a short break and we'll come back with exactly that name. Maria Herrera will be joining us and we'll be talking a little bit about that and a little bit about, of course, Moto E. We are back for the second part of the Paddock Pass Podcast uh, recorded from uh, from Finland, uh, from the women in motorsports in Lati region in. Um Well, about an hour and uh, 15 minutes from Helsinki, about 45 minutes from uh, uh, Kimmering, uh, which uh, we're going to see very soon how it's going to look like. And who will join us and will probably ride there next season is uh, Maria Herrera. And it's lovely to have you here. Thank you for joining us after this conference. And just a second before you're going to uh go to the gym again
5: yeah i i have to go to the gym
1: <laughs>
5: so you are uh,
1: you're fresh from the conference you've seen a lot of women here uh female racers uh female drivers managers what what did you take from this conference um what are, what are you getting from it
5: well it's nice to speak with another girl in this conference because uh Always, I I never seen many many girls in the in the like rider. No, it's difficult. She don't believe uh, this is possible, and I want to uh, open. Uh, his uh, her eye um, her mind because I think with the Moto E is a, a heavy bike but we can we can do it for sure. You have been riding for many years. You're the first female winner in
1: CV. You've been competing with the best. You've been winning the best. Still, you have a little bit. Uh, Take him back because of what? Can you explain to us why you couldn't? Uh, because we see people. You won uh, Quattaro, Maverick, Vinales. Uh, we see them competing in the top level. You're of course in the top level, but you're not in MotoGP.
5: Well, I explained some experience in the in the conference. Uh, I think my my career um, stopped. Stopped a little in the Spanish championship when the the team wanted more more money for me uh, and I and I uh, finished with the best team I think. Well, in 2015, my team uh, at the at the end of the season also finished. So the fir- the next year uh, the next year I didn't have a team when I was in the in the points and when I did a good wrestle. So my feeling was uh, also frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, we heard a lot
1: of uh, female racers we also ha- heard from Gade, uh um uh, engineer in the um, uh, w series wcr series um how women are less listened to when they come in with comments and how that is hampering that's destroying a little bit their results because mechanics are not taking them seriously do, do you feel that sometimes
5: Yes, I speak uh, with uh, Sandra um, Gomez, for example, uh, she, um, she talked to me, the mechanic they don't believe in me, so I, I don't understand why, why this happened. So how, how can we actually change that?
1: What can we actually do uh, to, what can be done to have that change that you don't have to actually feel like you're fighting inside your own team?
2: I think, uh, the, the solution to that, if you let me answer this question for you, Maria, is that I think that, uh, the teams, the crews need to just see, you know, whether it's male or female, it's a rider, a rider giving feedback, feedback that needs to be listened to and then compared to the telemetry and then a decision needs to be made. But take whatever, whenever, wherever the feedback comes from, whether it's male or female, it is a rider on a bike and the rider is the one can, who can give you the, the feedback.
1: These days, Maria, you're competing in the Moto E and you did some changes from the first race to the second race from uh, the race we had, the first uh, round we have uh, had of Moto E of the new series, uh, the Cup Series, we can say, um, in Germany to the second uh, races we had in Austria. You did some changes to the bike. Can you tell us a little bit about
5: that? Yeah, the the bike is so large uh, i'm am big and um, the team make uh, for me uh, for for germany uh, the, the, the handlebars hand closer than than me because uh, it was impossible to to ride uh, for me so yeah in Austria like you can see uh, i i improved uh, a lot my time and I was in the top uh, ten uh, all, all the weekend. But
1: do you feel that the bikes are adapted enough
5: for you to actually
1: be able to give the good results that you're capable of?
5: Yes, now I have uh, the bike like I want. Now I, I'm enjoying with, with this bike and it's, it's heavy, but I, I, I enjoy it. So now I, I want to, I'm, I can do it, uh, I can do a, a good race. Can you explain to us a little bit, because usually we compare the women
1: uh, to the small riders, but it's still not the same. The, our, our figure is different, our hips are different, something is different. Can you explain to us a little bit the difference in what you actually need in a bike than what is a, a male rider, your height, your size more or less needs?
5: Yeah, obviously the, the physical is, is different. No. A man is is stronger than me. Obviously, I I I competed with uh, with uh, tall men uh, and stronger. So I think you have to to work. You have to be to to have talent for sure. But but no no not only is the is the physical. So I think uh, you have to to.
2: To change the your mind one thing about that the, the electric bike is all the same size for all riders that are in that's in the electric series and she can make modifications in terms of of uh, footrest and handlebars and little modifications but the size of the bike remains the same the weight of her bike remains the same and she is the size that she is and she is the weight that she is and she still needs to be able to move on the bike you know and to make the bike change direction and that is always going to be more of a struggle because you know you are a bit smart. And, and that is fine That's every class too though
0: it, 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 it. Yeah and that's every class She was doing that in the series she raced in before as well
2: but, but the thing is that the big difference is that in Moto3, I mean, I don't know exactly the, the weight of the Moto3 bike, but it's 157. A 157 kilos as opposed to the bike now in Moto E Maria, the weight is uh, Two 260 kilos, I think, you know, being able to move, yeah, it's, it's a very heavy bike and you need to be able to do that change of direction and to lift that bike up and, you know, you have to take into consideration the physical strength.
1: But you do cover for the physical disadvantages. You work out uh, three times a day. you do uh, I learned a new word this week: uh, Burpers.
5: Burpees. burpees. Yeah, burpees. <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> No, I don't like that. I need it. <laughs> how,
1: how many burpees? Uh, well, people who don't know, Burpees is when you stand, you go down to uh, a squat.
2: No, not, a squat a
1: A push-up and you jump back up and you
5: do that and Maria you do how many minutes a day? It's uh, one minute full one rest but uh, 30 minutes uh, all the same in the morning at 7 (laughs) 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 o'clock and you work out how many times a day? well um, two times but uh, three days ago three times
1: yeah, so at least, at least twice a day, uh, usually three times a day, you're working very hard to uh, bring the level even higher. Um, do you feel that because you're female, you have not over to, not only to com- compensate on the disadvantage physically, but even more than that? Mentally, f- uh, psychologically.
5: No, I can. I I I feel that I can eat the same, <laughs> only. <laughs> but but no, I, for sure you have to train like a, a, a normal rider. But yeah, I, I need a, a more weight, so I have to um, to add. A, muscle mass. Yeah, exactly. I one hour of the gym and
1: how how is the champion the new championship you're actually racing in two parallel championships, and the six hundred in the world superbike and also in the model e uh, can you
5: compare the two uh, and um, how how is it actually well this year in in super sport I have uh no no uh, a good team but uh, in MotoE I I'm, I'm feel really really comfortable with the bike with the team with everybody <laughs> with the sponsor also so what I can say yeah, is in MotoE I'm, I'm like a, a cloud you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: so, uh, how do you see the championship, uh, continuing for you? We have a still, we have a still in Misano waiting for us. We have, uh, Valencia waiting for us. Yeah. Two rounds, four races. How do you see that champion ending? And uh, do you know already if we're going to see you in that championship next season as well?
5: Yeah, I have, uh, signed two years with, uh, with the same team and it's possible, uh, three, three years. So, yeah. I have um I have uh some stability some stability in, the, in in my career one uh, once so yeah I I want to to continue with Super Sport 600 because this bike um I um, I like uh, when I ride with this bike.
0: So, uh, Shilin, do you have a question for Maria? I have loads of questions for Maria. I mean, I, one thing that I would love to know from Maria is what your next goal is. Like, where are you aiming for? And do you even want to say that out loud right now?
5: Next goal, I think, to be a world champion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, like a normal rider. Um, yeah, I think uh, my my... My next goal is to be in the same team a um, few years uh, for, for I, I need stability.
0: I need stability. My more important question, as something that I actually asked you during the during the weekend here, um, I'm really interested in the electric bike. I raced the electric bikes when they first came out. I actually raced for the team that makes the Energica bikes, um, and the bikes are totally different now. And I obviously have seen all of your pictures on them, and it looks like you're super comfortable on those bikes. And I don't think I'm the only one that's wondering about how. The suspension on those things is, and how they handle. You know, do you do you like riding them? Does it feel like a normal bike to you? So, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, the the first time
5: uh, that uh, I tested the, the bike, I I say it's it's difficult to ride because, uh, like I say before, it's large. But um, then the the team make the. Uh, the thing close than me and I feel like a normal ride a, a normal bike but in wet condition uh, uh, I have to to improve because the the rear suspension are uh, are hard for for my way so I didn't feel comfortable and I I was very
0: very slow for this reason. But the rest of the time, like you can get your knee down just fine and like just like the other bikes. How do you are you in dry condition? Yes, I I feel
5: very comfortable because you have to you have to adapt all more or less for your. St- Riding style, so yeah, I, I'm happy for that because at the beginning I I, uh, I, I was a little horrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so you expect now the, the the results to become even better than what we've seen in Austria?
5: Yeah, for sure. I think I I competed with um, with Brother Smith for for example. He's a a, a rider who uh, who has. Uh, many experience in MotoGP but I think I, I can I can fight with them <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. uh, on that uh, wonderful note we're going to take a short break and when we come back I want the ups and downs of this conference what did you were positive surprised by and you're taking with you and what you were a little bit more disappointed to learn We are back to the Parok Pass podcast and we're still in Lati region and we're just finalizing everything and I keep calling you in Hebrew name. That's what I'm doing. Uh Nita, um what were you most disappointed to hear here um during
4: this conference? Uh well um it, it was quite quite sad to hear that we have exactly the same problems, no matter with what is the country, what is the continent, what is the sports. I mean, we had people from other sports as well, not only motorsports, but we are suffering of the same problems everywhere, um, which is that sometimes if there are only male in the teams, they are not trusting the female's opinions or if they are they have test drivers or riders or whatever. Women have to really prove hard that they are talented. They are capable of doing exactly the same as, as the guys. What was good thing about this conference was that the women are really ready to work hard. They are really to show that these guys are wrong I have to say that for me I agree with Nita I was very disappointed
2: sadly disappointed that it, it, it got confirmed that men mechanics don't or crew chiefs don't take female riders or drivers as seriously as they should and they second guess their feedback and that was very very disappointing but on the other hand I have to say that uh, I feel inspired after hearing all the inspirational stories about the female athletes and that just makes me Love
0: motorsports even more. So for me, I thought that it was kind of cool that to hear the stories of the other female riders having these problems because man, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> so Marie and I were talking about that, and it's nice for me to hear that she struggles with some of the same things that I do, and somebody at her level is going through the same the same things as as me. And so for me, that was in, encouraging in a weird way. Um, I I was I'm a little bit disappointed that uh we weren't able to come across with any solid plans on what to do moving forward because this is such a inaugural event such a new thing it was we had so much to get done in this one weekend we will do it next <laughs> oh i know we, we will we, need to we, if it's up to you network yeah let me get to my good part okay, good. <laughs> so for me that was you know if we could have done one more thing uh the best part, I thought, was the, the networking with everybody, the meeting the people from all over the world, people doing the same things, uh, different people that can help each other out. And to me, that's super cool to see all these massive powerhouse females in one building at the same time it was really neat. Yes
5: a pity to, to, to listen to other girls uh, that um, for example the mechanic don't believe in, in, in her talent no? but anyway I'm, I'm happy for because I, I meet uh, some girl amazing stories so I want to, to repeat it yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree, uh,
1: more with all of you, but for me, the most disappointing part was actually that I felt that some women, uh, felt supported by men who actually just didn't stand in the way. And that doesn't mean support for me, but that's, that's something I think, uh, that will take time, uh, to evolve. And, uh, if we look about all the you mentioned all the neg- the positive things i i don't think i've ever been in a room with so many impressive women who are supportive who are kind a lot of them volunteer as you mentioned before uh, a lot of them do this because of the love of the sport and a lot of them all, all the we hear about women being negative to other women we hear about women being bitches they, there's nothing here for real there's nothing here and if we take that and i hope as you mentioned uh, next step i hope sponsorship will be able to help a lot of the riders because I know many of the riders here don't have managers. They have problems getting sponsorships. They have problems finding the right sponsorship. And again, there's that that line between... if you can get sponsorship from that brand or that brand and if that's right and what are we selling and we also heard how many women are unable to sell themselves which is a huge struggle and we we just need to keep working on that and especially we need to keep appreciating how amazing the female racers that we see on on track off track bikes and roads we've met here really unbelievable women and we've seen unbelievable women do great things in the paddock on the track off-road whatever and this is this is great any other comments you want to say ladies the potential is there
2: just let it grow let it develop to its full potential
1: and yeah well we, can we quote Anna Carrasco before we we wrap up this yeah um, yeah girls can ride. Girls can really ride Girls can do We can ride like a girl We can run like a girl We can do whatever And we can do it quite well
2: Just as well as you You can ride like a girl And we can ride just as well as you
0: I just want to see everybody come together And help this whole sport grow Because to me it's not just about the girls in the sport It's about everybody in the sport And I love this sport So on that note On that note we uh, say thank you Thank you. we
1: say goodbye we say how do you say that in Finnish can I go to the gym please <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Maria. Maria needs to work out. So we're gonna wrap up and thank you for. Uh... Bye. Moy Moi Moy moy. Moi. Moi. Uh, thank you to Nita. <laughs> thank you to uh, Miss Moretta. Thank you to Vanessa. Thank uh, you, Tali. And thank you. I'm Tammy Gorali, and we wrap up from here, and we are we're, we're going to the gym because Maria is going.
2: <laughs> next GP.
1: See you at the next GP. Thank you. Girls, we're starting uh low editor of paddock pa- postcard pa- paddock pass podcast. Yeah, he will have a lot of uh bloopers uh for editing. He always has the bloopers at the end. <laughs> and he will have a lot for me because I um okay. So so we're back at the second part of the paddock pad uh ah. Oof. One more. Mm. No, one more. <laughs> so editing guy, we're starting again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi editing guy. Hello. Hello. Hi editing guy. <laughs>